Hey there, NFT curious listener. Ethan here from Edge of NFT. We did it along with my incredible co-hosts Jeff and Josh, as well as along with the huge crew of Rockstar team members we assembled. We have just pulled off a stellar inaugural NFTLA event featuring the creme de la creme of Web3 and leveraging the vibrant entertainment scene of Los Angeles. This episode is one of a series featuring content from the NFTLA event, which happened March 28th to the 31st, 2022. Today's session is one of a handful featuring impromptu convention hall interviews that our good friend Shira Lazar put together. We've organized them into tracks similar to the content tracks we organized for NFTLA talks and panels. Today's track, Investment and Impact Plus Tech and Platforms. Enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Hey, it's Cheryl Lazar at NFTLA with Tony Chan from Pledge Finance. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you. It's my honor to be here. And so you're one of the sponsors here, so we appreciate it. But tell us more about what the company is and what you do. Yes, so uh, Pledge Finance, we are a marketplace for financial NFTs. Basically, we take Bitcoin loans and we convert them into financial NFTs. Okay. And we let people to trade on our marketplace. Also, later on, we'll be taking all these NFTs and we can use them as collateral. Amazing. People can use them as collateral and people can borrow money against so if you have an NFT, you can... You don't have to sell it. You can get money against that? You can get loans against your NFT? That's the vision. Does the NFT need to be liquid? Like it needs to have value, right? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The main reason is I'm a real estate broker. Yeah. For the past 12 years, I did a lot of real estate loans. Yeah. And we see Bitcoin, NFT, Ethereum, these are new class of digital asset. And people should be used this the same way as they do with real estate, where you can get a loan out of it. I agree. That's the vision. That's the idea. Do you need to deal with traditional finance in order to do that? And you're the middleman? We deal with traditional finance in terms of the lender. So the money from the traditional finance world, we have a lot of high net worth individuals, family offices, banks, financial institutions. They just want to loan out the money through the Pledge platform to people who have Bitcoin or financial NFT as collateral. Yeah. That is so cool and so needed because it just brings more value to the space. I think so. I also, I feel it's very meaningful. I'm doing this because I'm a real estate broker for the past 12 years. Yeah. I see people who have a borrowed demand. Some of my clients, they bought Bitcoin at two, three $300. I bought it at $4,000 in 2017. I would not be selling these Bitcoin myself, just like real estate, right? I started buying real estate in the 90s. True. And I won't be selling those. But at the same time, I need to borrow money against it once in a while to do diversification right, on the borrow side. And on the lending side, I think it's meaningful because there's a lot of people like my mom and dad, they put money in the bank, they get less than 1%. And I think the banks are just scamming them. It's a lot more meaningful to loan it out from our platform. They get 3 4%, which is a lot better than 1%. And how do you handle the volatility? Great question. Volatility is uh, very important. So we have a march, we have a buffer. For example, everybody who wants to borrow $1 of Bitcoin, they need to put $2 worth of collateral. In. Okay. So we have a buffer. And when the Bitcoin drop down to, let's say, 120%, we start liquidation. So we have a buffer to protect the lenders. So where do you see the space going in the next few years? I think it will be exciting. We are in part of the DeFi space. In two years, we grow from $1 to, I think, last I checked, it's like $100 billion now Yeah. in the DeFi space. In the next five years, I see this will be at least another 10x. The opportunity is, again, all the banks, they have issue of like getting high quality loans and it's just not efficient. The business model for bank is inefficient because, number one, they have to pay high salary to their employees. Number two, they have to pay all these expensive rent for the mm-hmm. branch offices. And what we do, we just write the software smart contract. It's really scalable. And so for those who are also interested in the NFT side, which I think is an entryway to the DeFi side, what advice do you have? My advice to these people is just like if you bought NFT early on, you just hold on to it. 
get ready to put it on the pledge platform as collateral and you can get loans out of it and you don't have to sell it and you can get money out of it and buy more NFTs. All right. Wait, so do I just connect my wallet? Exactly. You just connect with your MetaMask wallet, any wallet, just connect your wallet. And then we have smart contract. It just interact with it. So everything is just done automatically. And so anything coming up in the future for Pledge that you want to talk Um, about before we go? So we raised 3 million VC funding from DHVC. Yeah. We did a 10 million public sale with uh, TokenSoft. We list our token on KuCoin two months ago, and we'll be listing on different exchanges going forward. Okay, so go check it out, pledger.finance. Tony, thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, Chira, back at NFTLA with John Mullen from Soma Finance. Thanks for being here today. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, and what brings you to NFTLA? Um, so I'm actually probably one of the people who came the furthest from away. So I'm normally based in Hong Kong. Um, wow. <laughs> but because of the COVID situation, I have kind of relocated to New York for the time being. Okay. But we're here to share about Soma Finance and hopefully meet a bunch of new creators and potential partners that we can work with. Yeah, so tell us more about Soma Finance. Sure. So uh, Soma Finance is essentially a U.S. regulatory compliant DeFi platform. So what that means is we're creating DeFi products, but with uh, KYC, AML, and securities compliance behind it. So we've essentially abstracted away a lot of the compliance elements to try to make it as Web3 and tech-enabled as possible, but we have licensing underneath that supports us to be able to issue different types of securities, uh, tokenize equities, ETFs, commodities, wow. all different types of assets, as well as compliantly issue and distribute NFTs, other different types of tokenized assets directly to U.S. retail consumers. That's very much needed, right? It is indeed. And I think the balance between maintaining the authenticity of this space also, right? 100%. I mean, you definitely have the Wild Wild West. You have the NFT projects like the Pudgy Penguins and all these other kind of things, which are cool. I'm, I'm all for that as well. I mm. also have another project called MontreDAO, which is a kind of the other side of the coin, so to speak. But you do need regulation to a certain degree to give comfort to institutional investors and to make sure that you're protecting the average investor to a degree as well. Why have you been able to do this and yet so many other people are not It's a good question. I mean, to be honest, I think a big part of it is just the team and the partners that we have. Yeah. So it's quite an interesting makeup. You have myself and some other kind of younger guys who kind of represent the crypto side of it. And then Mm -hmm. we have our other partners who run the broker dealer business who are 25 years of investment banking and securities experience who come from a different world than what I'm used to. Right. So we're able to work together quite well and we've known each other for a very long time and it's quite unique partnership. So I think that really is able to bring the compliance and the regulation side of things and meet with the tech. Is there insurance here? Meaning, is it backed? Well, so we are like a federally regulated institution. Yeah. Of course, when we get banking licenses and things of this nature, we'll be FDIC insured and things wow. of this nature. Okay. But for the time being, the way that we're kind of we are tokenizing assets, particularly the real world ones like yeah. equities and stuff, we're legitimately backing them one for one held in a custodial account with like a traditional custodian, like a Merrill Lynch or a a Morgan Stanley or something like that. Of course, we'll be auditing these regularly. So there's complete transparency about exactly what we're doing. So any hacks that happen, what would happen? Well, so the good thing is basically because of, again, the compliance elements that we've built into the system, there's actually positive control over a lot of these different types of assets. And we actually have to permission people to be able to use and interact with them, Mm -hmm. as well as the ability to, at least some assets to burn, pause, mint, and freeze. So let's say there is an infinite mint that someone takes control of the keys and starts minting, we would have the ability to override that. So we've really, really thought out of the system from the compliance angle on how to make sure we're safeguarding users' assets, users' funds, and that even in the case of, let's say, my MetaMask gets fished or my seed phrase gets compromised, if you have verifiable evidence and proof of that, we can legitimately just reissue you new securities and burn the old ones which were, which were hacked. Okay. So that's a pretty cool thing. What do you have coming up? What are you excited about? Um, we're pretty excited. We're going to be working with some really cool partners here. One little alpha tip is we're going to be working with Baron Davis. So he's going to be one of our our venture partners. We've had some really cool um, kind of engagements with him earlier this week before NFTLA at his party at his compound. I was at his dinner. Were you there? Okay. He's got a lot of different things. He's got to stand a lot lot of stuff. Baron's a... uh, a basketball player turned into a businessman, but I think he's going to be more known as a businessman than a basketball player in the future, Yeah, which is going to be quite cool. And we're looking to kind of be the financial services investment bank infrastructure provider to all the projects that he's working on to make sure that he can do these things compliantly and that his team and his people can sleep well at night knowing they're not going to get troubled by the SEC or FINRA or something like this. Yes, it's so important and it's really part of where we're headed. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So what are your predictions for the future? Where will we be a year from now at NFTLA? Good question. I mean, to be honest, obviously sticking to a little bit of the regulation angle, I do foresee regulation to continue to come down the pipeline in the U.S. particularly, 
not just for crypto tokens, but also for NFTs, whether that's going to be coming directly at NFTs or rather the exchanges that they're transferring and trading on is a different question. So with the kind of executive order issued by the new administration or President Biden's administration to show that there's going to be kind of intergovernmental communication and cooperation to regulate and kind of control digital assets in general or crypto space, that means it's coming. Yeah, of course. Do you think that is going to help or hurt the industry? I think there could be some short-term pain Yeah, because there is burdens with compliance, I will say. There's a lot of stuff that would be easier if we just didn't do it the quote-unquote right way. Yeah. Um, but, but it also adds other elements that are good for the industry, right? You don't have the scams and the rug pulls and things like that. And we can protect clients' assets if they get fished. And we, we literally see it all the time. Yeah. It happens daily. So there's benefits that come with that. So I think longer term, it'll be beneficial. But again, I also think that too heavy-handed of regulation is not necessarily the I best agree. way. There almost needs to be like a reimagining of it, right? Like how could we take the best of each space and bring it together? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see, Just and I'm American myself, to see how power has shifted within the Web3 space from the US and then to China. And then, you know, you thought it was going to be in some other place. Now it's kind of moving back to the US as the epicenter of, of things again. So it is interesting to see. And that also comes with responsibility, I'd say, to yeah. not be too heavy handed. So yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how things progress. What advice do you have for those coming into this space? Sign up for the Summer Finance whitelist. <laughs> no. There you go. Hey. <laughs> no, no, that's a, sorry. That's a little bit of a, a, of shell? a shell. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's, uh, advice is go out and meet people, come to these different events, network, get into the space and really kind of get your hands dirty. Be careful. Use yeah. cold wallets <laughs> and never share a seed phrase. There you go. That's it. <laughs> that's much. a lot of advice. <laughs> Hey, it's Cheryl Lazar at NFTLA with Chris Bandikas from Quoth. Welcome. And how's NFTLA for you? It's been great. Yeah. It's been great. The attendees and the booths and everything mm. has been awesome. A lot of people rolling through, great energy, a lot of different crowds, young mm. and old and all around, new people, people that don't know what NFTs are mm -hmm. and getting to know NFTs. And then there's devs here that know way more than I do. So it's kind of a, an interesting crowd. Yes, I love that. That's definitely what LA is for. It's like tech, entertainment, everything intertwined. So what is Quoth? So Quoth, what we're doing is we're indexing every NFT in existence. Okay. We're kind of creating the Google semantic search of NFTs. Some of our pillars are that we're offering an authenticator mm -hmm. API. So for example, if a new artist wants to upload their newly created art, they can just drag and drop into our search bar. Mm -hmm. And for a nominal fee, 50 cents to a dollar, they can authenticate that their NFT is 100% original and we'll give them that originality score. So that's just one pillar. We also do real-time rarity. So new mints within an hour, we scrape and we will give real-time rarity. And because we have artificial intelligence, we can continue the rarity on a 24-7 cycle. And there's, so there's no lag with our technology. Wow. So it's a bit more of a sophisticated version of some others that I won't name. Yes. Of, uh, some other tools. A hundred percent. Or sites. hundred yeah. percent, yeah. That's really cool. Is it launched already? We're 10 days away from our beta, our closed beta launch okay. with some of the largest NFT collections. Name. One of them is here actually, Supducks. Yeah. Great partner of ours. So what we're doing is we're training our neural nets with our machine learning with the communities of those NFT collections. Mm -hmm. That's going to help us spin up this index a lot quicker yeah. than anyone else can. Mm -hmm. And once we have that index, we go live with our full, full bells and whistles, public beta in about two months. Amazing. So if I did Google an NFT, your site would pop up as a way to make sure I'm buying the right thing. Like, I mean, are you expecting people just to ditch Google or just to go directly to you ideally? The plan is that we're kind of building fences around the NFT space. Yeah. I won't cut around that fact. We're building the Google of NFTs. We're keeping it close with the NFT community first and then kind of opening it up to, you know, real world NFTs as well. So we're making it very simple. It's a search bar. You can just search semantically, you know, black cat with a hat NFT, press enter and all the black cat NFTs, they'll all show up in order of relevance. But they're all legitimate, so you, you know where you should be going. And it's not like, how do you deal with the scams out there? Yeah, so the legitimacy or fake or rugs, we are indexing every NFT in existence. Yeah. But we will give the originality score. We scan the contract for you. We do all that research for you. Mm -hmm. So if you see a pink check mark on there, that's the one you should buy. And it'll port you to where you should buy it. Okay. Where do you see the future of all of this? Like, what will we be talking about in a year from now? 
Oh, in a year? I thought you were going to pull the whole five year. Five but, year. Uh, Do you want a five year? It doesn't matter. I mean, I think NFTs are the future. Mm -hmm. We're already speaking with a very large, one of the largest 3D manufacturing firms in the U.S. They have 150,000 printers scattered all over the country. Mm -hmm. They have just turned their blueprints into NFTs. But they said there's no infrastructure in place to verify these. There's no trademark. There's no copyright. They need that verification and instant verification. So they turn to us and say, you know, how can we help? How can we partner? So that's just another real kind of a real world NFT adoption use case that's already here. And in a year from now, two, five, I am a proponent of everything's going on in NFT. It means they're still in marketplaces. You're not a marketplace, but they could make sure it's verified through you. Obviously, the rarity tools that show that. Rarity tool sites. (laughs) No, but (laughs) your ability to show that and like to know if you have one that is rare is really important in real time. I think that's really cool. And then would then they click through to go to other marketplaces through your site? No, we're also offering an API or SDK service. Okay. It just can implement right on any wallet, any NFT marketplace. Okay, so you're that one-stop shop solution. Correct. Anything else you have coming up that you want to share? Any partnerships? Or you can't mention anything right now? Um, You know, we're really cultivating the crypto community and the NFT collections right now. A lot of NFT collections are reaching out to us current and people ready to mint. Mm -hmm. Those collections that are ready to mint are saying, I don't want to pay those sites one or two ETH to, and sometimes up to five ETH just to register and load up on their site. And a big thing that we're hearing is NFT collections hate uploading or updating their metadata. If it changes, some Mm -hmm. of the NFT collections, the, the data changes. Every time it changes, they have to give it to those sites and pay again. So with us, it's real time and it's free. Okay. Part search seems like it's part also marketplace. We're definitely not going for the marketplace feel. It's more search authentication and NFT launchpad, so to speak. Okay. We also have on our third down the road in the roadmap, we have a multi-chain bridge as well. So new uh, mints can go across chain immediately instead of, yeah. What advice do you have for people entering this space? Do some research. Yeah. Don't get pulled into the hype. There's a lot of junk out there. A lot. We see it all the time. I mean, the statistic is right now, we're curating, our AI is curating so much data, it's insane. And what I mean is saying, like, there's, last we checked, there's a thousand NFT collections launching a day. That's wild. So the amount of distraction out there is going to be intense. And if you're new to the space, you can get called into that and spend a bunch of money on something that most likely won't be around in six weeks or six months or a year. So just heed to the distractions, do a lot more research and just be careful. How will your tools help with that, with all the noise? We made our search pretty easy. If you don't even know what Bitcoin is, you can still come to our site and do a simple semantic search, which is fairly difficult to do even right now to look up NFTs. As far as the whole scamming and getting rugged and buying a fraud, that's exactly what we're here to stop. Mm-hmm. And if you come to our protocol, we help that because we do all that verification process for you. Yeah. You know, if you're an NFT degen, you might not need that part of our site because you can check the contract. You can contact in Discord the founders and all that stuff, right? But if you're newer and you just don't want to do any of that stuff, that's the one-stop shop that we can offer for newbies as well. All right. So for those starting a project, how can they get in touch or get involved, get yeah. on the platform? Yeah, it's easy. Uh, we have a partners tab. Okay. Just fill out the five inputs. Our biz dev will reach out to you and we'll put you on the whitelist. And we already have a ton of NFT collections on the whitelist. So once we start ratcheting up and the AI takes over, it's a very, very fast process and automated. So even though you're everywhere else, you'll definitely want to be on this platform. Yeah, I mean, you can still kind of go to NFT marketplaces and swing around, but we're a research tool. We're aggregating all this data. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier to do the research on our site and then make the purchase on OpenSea or any other marketplace that you want to. It's going to port you there anyway because we're not hosting the sales. So Okay, well, thank you so much for being here today. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hey, 
right, Cheryl Lazar from NFT LA with Shelly Palmer. Thanks for being here today. It's, it's exciting to, to have this NFT event here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's Los Angeles, which is like the home of entertainment and all yeah. kinds of other fun stuff. Although you are a New Yorker. I am. It's okay. So what excites you about this space right now? You know what I love about this space is the fact that in all honesty, users and creators can share in the value they create. And that is the power and promise of Web3. And while this is called NFT LA, the underlying technology is empowering a completely new way to think about pretty much everything you do in the media business. And this is the home of the media business. So media and entertainment live here and the transition should happen here first. And you have a ton of big clients you consult. So what are you telling these companies in terms of how to get into this space right now and why NFTs? Well, everything is test and learn, yeah. for sure. The first thing you do is you start a project. And the goal here is to learn how, when consumers get control of their data, you as an advertiser, you as a provider of services are going to exchange value. We always talk yeah. about value exchange, like, oh, make this experience valuable or make that valuable or no, no. Here, we're giving you a token or a coin that actually has value. What are you doing? You're giving me a little bit of your attention, a little bit of your hard drive, a little bit of your bandwidth. And what am I getting back? As a consumer, I'm gonna get value that I can actually turn into dollars or something tangible. Yeah. And as a seller of either a good or a service, what am I getting? I'm getting a new way to have a relationship. I'm getting a completely new way to get first party data. And we are cutting out all kinds of intermediaries. Mm -hmm. The consumers are cutting out intermediaries, but so are the businesses. And so this is so new, it's hard to understand where it's gonna end. And it's moving so quickly. Very quickly. Right? What are you working on that you're excited about? So we had a lot of projects, sports, doing a ton of sports, fan development, when you think about you and I go to a hockey game yeah. and we bring a couple people, I bought the tickets on my credit card so that they know me, but they don't know you. They don't know the other two friends. But if they drop, they do an airdrop of an NFT and everybody gets one, okay, everyone's got a relationship now. So what is that NFT going to do for me? Does it get me into fantasy sports? Does it get me into gambling or other kinds of gaming? Does it get me into a loyalty program? Does it help me with my video game version of the physical game? And now can yeah. I translate the game currency into a token that might sit on a blockchain that other people could explore and also use. There are so many interesting projects, ways that publishers and teams and creators can all come together. And the best part about this for me is that not the big companies we're working with, mm -hmm. it's the small companies. And even the individuals. I started my career as a composer, producer, writing music for television. And No way, I didn't know this. Yeah, it's not <laughs> something, that, well, it doesn't really help me in my consulting business, but Dang. Charlie Sheen was here today. Yeah. So I did all the music for Spin City. And wow. So it's like, which he was in, and Michael J. Fox obviously started. So originally, so I get ASCAP royalties from the work that I've done. And that's done in a very old fashioned way, right? They have a survey and then you have cue sheets and it's very totally. old fashioned. We have AI that can listen to and fingerprint music now. We can monitor all of the outlets by AI with computers. Mm -hmm. Why can't we have a blockchain? Why can't I be in a situation where there are smart contracts that guarantee my royalty payments, where if someone decides to take something that I've created, be it art or music or video, yeah. that I can't share in that secondary or tertiary totally. market. These are amazing times for young creators. I wish this technology existed. When I was starting out, it might have changed the royalty schemas in my life. Not that I'm sad about ASCAP. We love ASCAP, but I'd love it even more well, if it was automated. And I think they might end up getting this space with the right people and the right tech. I hope so. Where do you see everything evolving in the next year, even, I would say a few years, but no, a year. I, you know, Shira, I think the way to think about this is it's 1998 and we're all in the World Wide Web. It's mm -hmm. the end of CompuServe, the end of AOL, the end of Prodigy, the beginning of Netscape. And no one quite knows what it's going to be to use a web browser. No one quite knows what it means to be in Web3. It's not well-defined. But the thing I like about it is the one promise it makes. We are going to let creators and users share in the value they create. Mm -hmm. Just saying that over and over again until you really deeply understand it, it's the most exciting thing about the space. Yeah. And everybody's got a different interpretation of that, which is great. And the more diverse those opinions are, the better it's going to be. The more creative people are, the more wacky they are. Imagine inventing finance again. Hey, let's invent money. Let's invent value yep. exchange. So no rules. There's nothing that, forget your credit cards, forget taking loans, forget all that stuff. Just invent it. I think this technology will do for finance what the personal computer did for information 40 years ago. And I can't wait to see where it goes. And I don't know where it's going. I wish I could tell you I knew. All of us. I, that way. Right? It's going that way. And it's going to be, or maybe it's going over there. Yeah. I don't know, but it's going to be awesome. Just keep moving with it. Yeah, that's it.
we interrupt the Edge of NFT podcast to reveal one of the best kept secrets in the NFT space right now, the Koi Network. If you are a creator or a builder or an investor in groundbreaking projects, you need to dive into Koi ASAP. Why? Imagine a new internet where each time your posts get viewed on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, you earn rewards. Koi's revolutionary decentralized infrastructure scales this new internet to the whole globe, transforming attention into an asset and every creator into an earner, all without the expensive high-energy usage of old-school blockchains. Here is the best way to learn more and earn more by becoming a founding member of the growing Koi community. Go to edgeofnft.com slash Koi. That's edgeofnft.com slash K-O-I-I, two I's. There you can publish your first Koi NFTs for free and start earning Koi today. The new internet is coming. Don't you want to be valued on it? Hey, it's Shira at NFT LA with Daniel from Little Heroes. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So how's your NFT LA experience going? It's been amazing. Yeah. Really well attended conference and the panels that I've been able to attend have been very impressive. And you were telling me one of your favorites, actually. Yeah. The head of Animoca Studios yesterday, I thought was a really phenomenal panel. Really thoughtful. Awesome. Well, I got to ask you about Little Heroes, of course. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Yeah. What's it about? So Little Heroes is an entertainment franchise. Mm -hmm. We started with the launch of the NFTs. Mm -hmm. We launched them in January 16th in partnership with a contemporary artist called Edgar Plans. And the launch was incredible. The collection was number one on OpenSea when we launched it. It's the first Hispanic or Spanish-speaking artist to reach number one on OpenSea, something that Edgar and ourselves are incredibly proud of. And it's the first step in the building of what we believe will be a very meaningful entertainment franchise. Oh my God, so many questions. Juan, congratulations, that's huge. So how were you able to continue after that big launch, Mm -hmm. right? What has happened since? It's been a lot. I mean, we've been adding a number of honorary members to the team. So people that we admire or celebrities, we have people like Jay Balbin, like Will I Am like Nobel, a Peace Prize winner, Maria Ressa, that have joined the community. And what we do for them is that Edgar creates a one-of-one unique honorary NFT for them, which they then use as their avatar. So it's a one-of-one piece of art that is created for them. So what's the mission of the entertainment brand? And Mm -hmm. like, how did the NFT fit into that? Absolutely. So the project really started because when we saw Edgar's art, they're these like almost like childlike figures dressed as superheroes, mm-hmm. which we thought was an incredibly relatable basis from which to build an entertainment franchise. And we started working with Edgar in developing that. We realized that the world is changing fast, that there's a new relationship to be had between fans and an entertainment franchise. And so we decided to start this process by launching the NFTs, building a large community, building Mm -hmm. the fandom before we even went out to build the show and what's going to come from that entertainment franchise. So it's going to be a show and a brand. Absolutely. I mean, think of it as The Simpsons, but something that where actually the fans own a piece of that entertainment franchise. And more diverse than The Simpsons. Absolutely. (laughs) That's for sure. What do you think was the key to the success from the get-go? And in that, I think that's a great advice for others who are looking to launch. Yeah, that's a great question. Look, I think Edgar is a recognized artist Mm -hmm. in the art world. Mm -hmm. And I think that for a lot of people, it's hard, it's unaffordable to buy one of his pieces, but the NFTs offered an opportunity for people to own a piece of Edgar's work at a very different price point than one of his paintings. His paintings sell for three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000. Yeah. So it's a much more friendly entry point for people that want to collect his art. And so I think coming in with an established artist was very meaningful. And I also think that Having a clear roadmap backed by Exile Content Studio, which is an established studio with experience creating entertainment brands, was also very meaningful. You okay. know, we had a roadmap and the experience to back that roadmap. And I think that that was exciting to people. So where do you see this going moving forward? What does the future hold? Well, the future is building that entertainment franchise. We're working really hard on the show. Yeah. We're bringing a showrunner. 
We just signed a major celebrity that we'll be announcing very soon, who's joining the show to voice one of the characters as well as an executive producer. And look, we're in it for the long term. We believe that this has a bright future and this is just the beginning and we are working on building that. Where do you see this space even a year from now when we're back at NFTLA? <laughs> it's so hard to predict. I yeah. mean, one of the things that has been kind of surprising but very evident building this project is the speed at which the space is moving and evolving mm -hmm. is dissing. It's really hard to think where we'll be in a year. But I do think as we sort of think about the future, it's very clear that NFTs are much more than art, that there is a lot of utilities to be unlocked through it. And I think we're going to be in a very different space next year when we're back here talking again yep. and understanding the space. I think that we will have moved sort of beyond the idea that this is art into, and we're going to see a lot more utility in the space. Definitely. Well, Daniel from Little Heroes, thank you so much. And definitely go check out the project right now. Hey, Cheryl Lazar, back at NFTLA with Brady Gentile from Hedera. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate and, it. Yeah, and how's your NFTLA experience been? It's been awesome. We've got the Hedera booth going over in the expo hall. I'm doing a presentation on environmentally friendly minting of yes. uh, NFTs today, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Love it. Well, let's get into that because what is Hedera's mission? What do you all do? So uh, Hedera is a layer one public distributed ledger. We're fully open source. We just launched recently a smart contract capability using the Besu EVM. Okay. So we're opening the doors to developers right now to start building DeFi focused applications and integrate themselves into the ecosystem. So we're super excited about that. I think that's amazing. You're focused yeah. on DeFi and you're at an NFT conference. Right. Yeah. Well, I also think that NFTs sort of play into DeFi in many cases. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see things like the collateralization of NFT in order to take out loans and other DeFi type applications that NFTs are involved in. So it's pretty interesting. No, I love that. I love like that convergence of the tech and creative worlds together. Yeah. I think we could do more together when we work yeah. together. <laughs> it is like a nice hodgepodge, I think, of people that show up to these events. You yeah. get a lot of like creators, lawyers, tech enthusiasts, like deep crypto people, developers. It's pretty cool. Let's yeah. talk about being more environmentally conscious in this space. Yeah. Is that important for you and how are you doing that and contributing yeah. to that? Yeah, it's super important. So Hedera has a governing council body of organizations that sort of make decisions for the network. And one of the decisions that was made was that the Hedera network is going to be a carbon neutral network. So already Hedera by itself as a network is incredibly energy efficient. It has one of the lowest carbon footprints of any public distributed ledger out there today. Congrats. Thank you. Appreciate that. Wow. Yeah. It's all thanks to our Hashgraph consensus. So it's a different kind of consensus mm -hmm. mechanism than blockchain. But on top of us being already very energy efficient, they also decided that quarterly they'd buy carbon credits to offset any additional operational environmental impacts, which is really awesome to see. So like super proud, I think, to work for an organization that is so happy to be able to do that. So important, and I think it's on top of everyone's minds, and yet why do you think more projects and organizations aren't doing more? I think they should do more. Yeah. I think that it's starting to obviously come to a head in the space right now when it comes to things like proof-of-work blockchain. You know, we see Ethereum switching over to proof-of-stake. We see laws and regulations that in Europe, for example, where they talked about the idea of not supporting any network that is doing mining with proof-of-work. Mm -hmm. it, it didn't get passed, but I think the pressure is going to be on for people to start to adopt more environmentally friendly practices for this space in general. Definitely, yeah. and projects like yours really think lead the way or lead by example for that. Where do you yeah. see you all in the next year or so? Yeah, so the most exciting thing for me is, again, with the announcement and release of smart contracts on Hedera, they're optimized for our network. And so we have this incredible ecosystem that's just starting to grow out around decentralized finance mm -hmm. and NFT-based applications. 
applications. So tons of organic growth. We have a lot of capabilities for people to be able to come over and either build decentralized exchanges or other DeFi type applications mm. from other networks and port them over or cool. just build them from the ground up. Yeah. Any announcements? Any partnerships you want to talk about? Announcements and partnerships. <laughs> so we do have a hackathon that's coming up cool. actually. Yeah. And so we have a whole slew of challenges around NFTs and DeFi. So if you go to hedera22.devpost.com and you can sign up for that hackathon. It's over $522,000 in prizes and a ton of different sponsors and challenges. And it's running till May 16th. Amazing. Yeah. So in a year or even five years, where do you see the space? What are your hopes? Oh, man. So I've been in the space for almost four years now. Okay. And so, Which is like 10 years, right? It, or yeah. even like 20. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. It feels like that. Even in just like startup world, yeah. that's a long time. I think it hasn't progressed even as fast as I thought it would. Would, oh, really? Sort of two years ago or three years uh -huh. ago. And so I think it's just tons of iterations that are happening right now. And we'll see that those iterations continue to happen and it'll evolve. And I think they'll start to be more refined experiences in Web3 that lead to mass adoption. Mm -hmm. I think it's still pretty niche. Yeah. And yeah. what advice do you have for others who are trying to do what you're doing? Oh, man, I would say just do a lot of research and getting involved in communities. I know the whole, like, do your own research <laughs> yeah. thing is so overplayed. But yeah. jumping on Twitter, for example, and just kind of following a thread of a project or something that you find interesting yeah. and asking questions. People are very helpful, I think, across most communities and willing to talk about what they're working on. So just find something that you're passionate about within the space. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Great talking with you, too. With almost $25 billion in sales in 2021, there's no denying the NFT market is on fire. But what many investors don't realize is demand has skyrocketed for another asset, thanks in part to this NFT boom. The asset I'm talking about is multi-million dollar blue chip art. And it's been so hot, a Banksy offering on the Masterworks platform recently sold for $7.4 million. And what's even more incredible is... All shares of this Banksy offering sold out in just three hours. According to Masterworks, similar works by Banksy saw a price appreciation of 19.9% from 2007 to 2020, outpacing the S&P 500 by nearly a factor of two over the same time period. And Masterworks investors recently saw a 32% annualized appreciation net of fees from the sale of another Banksy painting called Mona Lisa. To discover how to buy into similar offerings by Banksy, Picasso, and Monet for a fraction of the cost of the entire painting, visit edgeofnft.com masterworks. That's edgeofnft.com masterworks. For important disclosures, visit masterworks.io disclaimer. Hey, it's Cheryl Lazara at NFTLA with Ivan Ravlich from Hypernet Labs. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and how is NFTLA for you? Oh, it's been amazing. Like, yeah. The mix of the crowd here, it's really showing that crypto is starting to become more and more mainstream, which I think NFTs have really been that killer app to start driving people in. Totally, including for the creatives and entertainment. 100%. So what are you all up to? So my company is all about bridging traditional Web2 companies, whether they're developers or marketers, mm -hmm. into Web3. And so what we announced here at NFTLA is our product called Hypernet Mint. It's all about how do you make enterprise-grade NFTs at scale, and how do these NFTs build in more functionality into them, that it's not just artwork, mm -hmm. but it could be something as a mundane as claim some new merchandise or tickets with the NFTs through to something more industrial like securing IoT or like access controls for buildings. So it's like a really easy one-stop shop solution for those who want to launch an NFT. Exactly. Okay. So we have all the tools for you have all the content. Yeah. You're the creative or uh -huh. you're the company that wants to use this. Mm -hmm. You don't need to train up your engineers to be Web3. You don't need to figure out all the ins and outs of cobbling together a solution because in crypto, it's so fragmented mm -hmm. and so new yeah. that the barrier to entry is very high. You have to cobble together a solution from like 50 different vendors yeah, to put lot. together something totally new. So you've launched this here. Yep. What is coming up? What are you excited about? Well, so right now we're starting to do some 
very like curated drops with mm-hmm. more traditional companies such as like animation studios through the nonprofits that are fighting world hunger. How do you use NFTs as like a fundraising mechanism, but also give more perks and like engagement with your end users? And so HyperNet Mint is all about how do I give a minting engine and a distribution mechanism to these traditional companies? So cool. So where do you see all of this going in the next year? Like what are your hopes and the trend predictions. The trend predictions. So we're definitely going to see a lot more what we're calling functional NFTs. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a piece of art, but maybe holding that NFT gives you something, whether it's a membership to a community, whether it's be able to unlock tickets, whether it's to identify yourself on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. So there's a very non-sexy applications that are going to be more industrial that I think are going to be the bigger bulk of it over the next three to five years. But currently we're going to see this step from artwork through to things that are more functional, engaging for the end user. Yeah. And what advice would you give companies that are trying to get into the space? Because I'm sure you talk to a lot of them and either they're, I feel like on board, they get it or they don't, Mm -hmm. but they're intrigued. It's really interesting because like some companies will see it as like, here's the next shiny object, let's wet our toes and get in. Other ones see it as being like this whole notion of how do you truly own like your digital self? Mm -hmm. And how do you directly engage with your end users where you can offload a lot of corporate risk to things like the blockchain to actually enter in and engage with users in the new emerging internet? So Mm -hmm. there really is this dichotomy of people just trying to see where this is going to go versus the ones that see this is going to be the future and this is what the next financial rails are going to be built on. So let's get in now. There's different companies kind of doing what you're doing right now. I feel like this is like the time that a lot of these companies are launching Knowing that, how are you looking to set yourselves apart? Yeah. So actually, we've been building in the space since 2017. Okay. So I guess we're dinosaurs for the crypto era almost. But a lot of the things that we had to solve for ourselves during the past few years, Mm -hmm. we're now bringing to market for others to use. And so we're bringing a lot of that knowledge and learning to the solutions that a lot of people are just entering the market with now. And so we built real products that are ready today to be leveraged by all these companies. So that's really like building on the learnings from the past and coming at the market with a full solution that's not going to have to be piecemealed across the board. Does that include smart contract developers and everything? Yeah, so we have smart contract factories. Those are also smart contracts. But for the end user, the company, they just slap the button that says create my NFT registry. We have all the tools for distribution, whether it's airdrops or email campaigns to the end users that hold the NFTs. So it's all about how do we get that end-to-end solution where they don't even need to really touch smart contracts at all. But then still, I think on the social engagement front, probably that's on them. That is on them. That is on (laughs) them. We're the nerds from Stanford. Got it. uh, it. We're the technology partner. Amazing. So where can people find out more? So you can go to hypernetlabs.io and go check us out, all of our products. Amazing. Congrats again. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) That's cool. Hey, it's Cheryl Lazard, NFTLA, with Brenda Hua from Open. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, how's NFTLA for you? Crazy, tiring, but also incredibly, incredibly rewarding. Meeting a lot of amazing people and just kind of getting to chat with everyone about what they're building. It's been amazing. Yeah, and you all are building something pretty amazing. And already so many announcements that I want to get to, but Mm -hmm. tell people what Open is. Yeah, for sure. So to sum it up in the best way I can, because we are doing the most, Open is an incubator and platform. Incubator, exactly what you might think it is. We work with artists and creators to take them from ideation all the way to smart contract Mm -hmm. deployment. On the platform side, we are actually an app and a web-based experience. So you can visit us on a browser or you can download us from the app store. We actually mint NFTs on the platform, of course. But then from there, all the utilities actually manage through our platform as well. So we actually have a video player, an audio player, a merch store. We have ticketing services as well as an in-app chat. The chat can then do text-based audio calls, video calls, polling. And we kind of offer that all in one place for our creators to be able to access as tools, but then also users to access as experiences. It's a lot of stuff. And I feel like compared to other companies that are kind of doing similar things, like Mm -hmm. you all are very consumer facing, right? And you're working with like 
big brands and celebrities, which does differentiate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. For sure. So we're very blessed to be able to work with a wide range of creators. Mm -hmm. We naturally as well, like some of our founders and our founding team, we come from a long lineage in entertainment and kind of have always been around the space of being able to work with creators, which has been a blessing for all of our careers. But that kind of naturally transcribed into us discovering Web3 and really seeing like how all of our experience in entertainment and seeing the way things are done, once we discovered that there was a different way to do it, it was a no-brainer to get into this space. Yeah. And we were able to kind of like bring our lineage into what we're building now. So getting to work with bigger creators like Grimes, but also getting to work with smaller creators like Lil Cherry, who is an upcoming rapper from South Korea. Being able to touch like that range has been absolutely incredible. And speaking of Grimes, you just did a big announcement with AVEX at the Avalanche Summit, which I was at. Shut up. Couch. It was really great. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Absolutely. So we just announced a hundred million dollar fund called the Culture Catalyst Fund in partnership with Avalanche. This is a hundred million dollar commitment to building projects on the Avalanche blockchain for creators ranging from filmmakers to writers to visual artists to musicians and more. And it's a hundred percent dedicated to helping fund the projects that we believe in and support the creators that we believe in. That's a big job. It's a big job for sure. But again, like I think the fact that Avalanche believes in us and we believe in the Mm -hmm. blockchain as well. And we're so excited to be able to build together and to hopefully create magic and show everybody like what Web3 can do. And also, you know, show creators that they can actually do it themselves. You can also diversifying what blockchain you're on because Mm -hmm. we all know the others. Obviously, Ethereum, Mm -hmm. Solana. I feel like those are the two people talk about. But there are others coming in and saying like, okay, pay attention to us. We want to play in this game as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that that speaks to the nature of like the decentralized economy really Mm -hmm. that is web3 the fact that all of these different chains can also be different and very similar but they all have their specialties yeah on our platform we are actually chain agnostic despite having a partnership with avalanche depending on what our creator needs are we can actually work with any chain so we have an ethereum project coming out very soon we're building on polygon as well yeah of course Um, polygon i forgot about polygon (laughs) there are so many these days Um, but i should know that because i'm an advisor of a project on polygon (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's the one you know the best that ends up being the hardest (laughs) to remember but for sure like we are really proud to be chain agnostic because we are always creator first Mm -hmm. so depending on whatever the creator wants to do our platform can manage so again like seeing the wide range that is out there like we're really fortunate to have technology to support that because we want to grow with the community and what's available on the market and we want to be like a community built company so taking the needs from our creators and being them telling us like this is what I want to do like we're more than happy to do it are you also assisting on the community front because that's like such a big part of it it's the infrastructure the tech Mm -hmm. and then community is so huge a thousand percent I think the strength of what we do in web3 is all the people around us right and Mm -hmm. that's always been the case like even in my personal career like I'm only here because of those who have championed me so a thousand percent like community is a central um, founding principle for our company and even as we help each individual project build community we actually have this discoverability within the platform as a whole for Mm. community members of each different project to actually find each other and kind of go across project and celebrate so we even see partnerships collaborating with each other's like Carfru and Fantabear. They're two separate NFT projects, but they've come together to drop on open as a collaborative piece. Mm -hmm. So those are two huge NFT communities are then meeting each other, which we're really excited to host. Yeah. So being able to do more activations like that, more partnerships like that, we at open like to say that we're trying to build the community of communities. You're trying to be open. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah. I find that really interesting because I think there's a lot out there right now. Mm -hmm. And while obviously the talent you're working with, and brands, they already have an audience that right. helps. Yes. But how do you think that different projects can start working with each other? Because I do think there's going to be one, of course, consolidation, but also more of that partnership stuff happening. Definitely. I think as we realize, like people are quite nuanced, mm-hmm. especially in 2022 with the wealth of information out there, all of our hobbies and our tastes and just us as people, like we love so many different things. Yeah. And I think that that translates across like the communities and the different people that we can touch with different communities mm-hmm. and projects. I think as we see like more projects aligning on the specific niches that they're finding themselves in, we're actually noticing like very much repeat users and repeat customers for different things that we may or may not have seen were connected at Mm -hmm. some point. 
So I think being able to be open to the idea that like one specific consumer might actually fit more than one mold and being open to create partnerships in that way and just being creative at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, like a furniture store might actually have more in common with a fashion brand that they think. And so kind of being able to build in that world and seeing like what are those things that we can find that actually bring people together in more ways than one. That's definitely the partnerships that we're really excited about at Open. Yeah. So Anything you want to talk about that's coming up? Obviously, you have the Grimes project. That's yes. really cool. Yeah, anything, anything to share? Else? Yes, absolutely. So we have a project called Neighborheads, which is actually minting in two weeks on April 12th. Mm. This project is created with a local rapper. He's kind of the hero of K-Town named Dumbfounded. This project is all about supporting local businesses, restaurants, and artists. So a lot of the treasure we would go to actually supporting the local businesses that are anointed or nominated by the community itself. We want to do pop-ups in different locations, food festivals. We also want to put together a little bit of the treasury to actually support the art community in different neighborhoods as well to kind of give everyone the chance to kind of be their hometown hero. So Neighborhoods is the project that is minting soon. We also have a collaboration with Avex in Japan, who is a music label. We're doing a project called Pikazoo. It is super, super cute. It's a music video. 8-Bit is kind of a scavenger hunt. It's going to be really exciting. More information coming soon. Okay. But those are the two projects that we're really excited about and kind of coming very quickly. And then finally, we have one called Bridge the Gap as well which is all about creating a safe space for children of Asian immigrants to find each other and discover the creative industry. So that will be a month of programming during Asian Heritage Month Mm -hmm. in May where creators can actually have a whole panel session where they can talk to up-and-coming young artists who are looking to kind of get their first start. And that's going to be an amazing piece as well. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, That's some really interesting stuff. And I love how you're blending impact into all this as well. Absolutely, That's so important. So where do you see the space in a year to five years? Totally. What's your trend prediction? Let's see. So not financial advice. Yeah, right. <laughs> where do I see the space? I mean, idealistically, kind of where I want to build mm-hmm. towards. Hopefully we see more and more adoption, of course. But I think my goal is that the space gets easier and easier to get into as well. Mm-hmm. Something at Open that we really care about is accessibility. How do we make sure that as technology evolves, we're not leaving any of the communities behind who may not have access to the information at the speed that we do. I think that for me is going to be really important to see as companies build that we're always making sure that the level the entry or the barrier to entry is never as high as where it was two years ago mm-hmm. or three years ago so that's what I'm hoping from the space and I'm just really excited to see as everyone here even at NFCLA's building I'm excited to see where we go with it yeah literally yeah. everyone's building everyone's something. building <laughs> so what advice do you have for those entering the space I mean I guess yeah. you're on the building side but also working with artists totally I would say is to not be afraid to ask questions mm-hmm. there's a lot of information out there and it can be really like overwhelming but I think that you'll actually find there's quite a lot of people who are willing to explain what is happening as well you can always ask me you can come find us at open and you can always like I think education is always going to be the most important thing so always learn the space is moving very rapidly so ensuring that like you're always eager to see what's next and wanting to understand where the industry is going yeah just ask questions to anyone DM people even if they don't respond to you just ask questions yeah don't uh, let that stop you from continuing exactly Exactly. Right. Exactly. All right. So open with a three. OP3N. Correct. Okay. Check it out. Okay. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure to visit edgeofnft.com slash discord to continue the conversation. And also visit edgeofnft.com slash AR to plant a 3D augmented reality tree right from your mobile device inspired by our forthcoming Living Tree NFT collection, which will offer you the hottest alpha and participatory benefits within our ecosystem. The Living Tree NFT collection will also plant over 100,000 real trees. All right. Well, guys, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.